don't want anybody to log in and happen to see a lower um, price than what they they bought. If a customer logged in and saw a a higher price than when they when they did not log in or when they called, that would be a very negative customer experience for for our customers. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at Digital Transformation Consulting Firm, Elevate IQ. If you are a complex distribution business with manufacturing as part of your business model, your business processes are likely to be more complex than most traditional distribution and manufacturing businesses. It's even harder if you plan to penetrate digital channels along with selling through distributors. You have issues such as e-commerce not talking to your ERP, then issues such as consistent pricing that need to be communicated across channels. Finally, you might have channel conflict issues that may not be in your control. In today's episode, our guest, Billy Hens, shares his insights into the B2B e-commerce journey for a construction distribution business. He also shares his insights into different ways of integrating ERP and e-commerce and how to make a decision when overlapping functionality may exist in these systems. Finally, he shares the best practices of managing pricing across channels and how to integrate with Amazon channels in the hybrid scenarios where you might be selling through distributors as well as DTC. Let me introduce Billy to you. Billy has over 10 years of experience in scaling digital strategies for mid-size B2B distributors. He currently leads digital initiatives at Haynes Supply. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Billy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk a little bit about uh, what we've done with uh, Ecom at Haynes Supply. Yeah, and I am super excited to dig into those stories as well. I think this is going to be super educational for our listeners, as you know, in the manufacturing and distribution community, people are not as savvy with their e-commerce skills as you are. So this is going to be so fascinating. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus, Billy? Sure. So yeah, I work for Haynes Supply. It's an industrial construction supply distributor uh, headquartered in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we have seven locations, uh, mostly in the Northeast. Okay. I started uh, at Haynes Supply uh, 10 years ago, actually doing inventory. Uh, it's a family business. I'm, I'm the uh, son of the owner. Yeah. I started uh, cleaning shelves and noticed a lot of you know dead inventory that I wanted to get rid of. So I yeah. was putting it on uh, on eBay and Amazon, et cetera. Yeah. Um, that was starting to work pretty well. So I decided to start putting products um, for sale that were were not dead inventory. We're trying to you know trying to grow that channel and sell more uh, at first on marketplaces. And um, that started to develop and become uh, a bigger part of the business. And uh, now we have uh, about seven people working on that end of the business, uh, just for marketplaces and, and e-com. And um, yeah, we're excited about continuing to grow grow that uh, part of our business. But um, yeah, it's been a great journey from you know ten years ago to now, and uh, a lot of stories and experiences that uh, 
have gotten us to this point and geared for the future. Very cool. So it's going to be super exciting to dig into uh, you know those stories. But before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest, and that is going to be Billy, your perspective on business growth. Yeah. So I mean, uh, uh, it's as we go on, as as, every, as you've heard before, B two B is critical for any um, legacy brick and mortar business to try to transform a lot of that business to their digital branch. Um, we have started that process at Haynes uh, with our HainesSupply.com site. We've um, done that through been years to get it up and running to this point where we're starting to transform some of our legacy customers that have been dealing with us via either stopping in a store yeah. or sending a PO where they now have login access to our website to be able to purchase and look up old orders, do all, all those kinds of things. So that's that's what we're focused on in growth. Um, there's a lot. Uh, now, while Amazon is powerful and has all the all the bells and whistles. Um, they they don't have the product knowledge, um, the specified product knowledge that um, many of our sales associates and customer service reps have yeah. um, to be able to assist the customer. So that um, that's where we see the true the true growth lever is trying to get more and more people to interact with us digitally. Okay, very interesting. So now we are going to dig into a little more into your business so that people have a better understanding of the story and they are able to follow along. Uh, so here you mentioned that you have roughly what seven uh, locations. I don't know if these are the individual locations or these legal entities from the from the interaction perspective of different branches that we have. And then you mentioned some of the customer channels. So I don't know if your customers are going to be primarily the contractors because you are in the construction supply uh, business. So I don't know if they are the individual contractor. These are businesses. So do you want to talk about the overall structure of the business from the legal perspective, as well as how many different warehouses you have? And, and then finally, uh, touch on the customer channels as well. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Um, so Haynes Supply is both a distributor and a manufacturer as well. We manufacture below-the-hook lifting devices, uh, okay. wire, mostly slings, wire rope, nylon polyester slings. So we're a little bit a little bit interesting in the fact that we manufacture and we distribute. Okay. But um all seven of those branches are are brick and mortar um distribution and um sales hubs for um for the business. There's two locations that do most of the manufacturing of, okay. of the items I just talked about. Yeah, so it, it, that's how that's how um that's how we go to market um as a one-stop shop for all of our um, it, yeah, all of our customers, which mostly are in that contractor space, whether it be mechanical, electrical, any anybody that uh, needs products for uh, industrial construction supply, ranging from a small mom and pop shop to a um, a large uh, government entity or a power generation entity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of hit all all the bases, all the bases there. Very interesting. So I don't know what is going to be the distribution of the manufacturing, uh, you know, versus the distribution. I don't know if you are able to provide sort of the the segmentation of how much manufacturing you guys do versus the distribution, because that is going to drive a lot of decisions from the e-commerce perspective. That is going to drive a lot of decisions from the system perspective, which system you are going to be selecting to uh, process your transactions. So are you in a position to provide some insights into how much manufacturing are we talking about? How complex your manufacturing is? How complex your products are when you are manufacturing? Do you typically keep them in stock, or are you producing them, uh, you know, per order basis as you get from the customers? So, for on the manufacturing side, we are mo- mostly a uh, made-to-order uh, shop where we're getting we're getting orders for specific jobs um, from engineers, et cetera, and, and customers that have 
specific requirements for each order, okay. um, variable lengths, uh, different lengths. But um, obviously on the distribution end of, of things, you know, your, your power drills, your, your hoists, your, your general hand tools, all that, you know, we're stocking in, in all of our locations to uh, quickly serve um, the needs of our customers. Okay, very interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about the manufacturing. So you mentioned that now when you talk about the the manufacturing, which is going to be your very custom order centric versus your distribution, where I, I'm pretty sure you are buying these uh, products from somewhere from some of the suppliers. So the way you are actually going to structure your e-commerce channels and, and the supply channels for both of these businesses are going to be very different. So how have you structured overall from the business perspective so that you can run both of these businesses? Or do they have completely different teams, completely different processes from the inventory perspective? Do you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah. So no, it's all it's all one team. Um, it's um, obviously there's the manufacturing associates that are are, are doing the, the the labor to get to, to get the product out, and there's processes around that. But um, all of our sales associates are selling the whole market basket, and that the whole market basket is available to any sales associate. And then when it comes to e-com and digital strategy, it's, it's the same thing. So if you go on our website, you're going to be able to buy a manufactured product from Hain Supply. Yeah. Uh, say a, a large wire rope sling, but then you could also buy a Milwaukee power drill and, uh, and a ladder and all that and get it delivered to your job site, uh, the, the next day. Um, and that's, that's, that's really the, the key of what we're trying to build on at Haynes is, is to get more people to interact with us digitally by logging in, getting tax exemptions, having credits, having, having all those things that are, are value add that you could do at, um, say nine o'clock at night if you're on a job site when, say, our offices are closed, but you could, get those orders in and then boom, it'll be ready to, to get to your job site in the morning. That's that's the value add that we are continuing to work towards um, in B2B and get more customer adoption. Okay, very interesting. So let's talk about the customer journeys, right? So obviously each customer is going to be different. Each customers are going to have very different needs, especially when we look at these, the customer channels that you mentioned that some of the customers are going to be your government customers, which are probably be ordering I don't know, maybe for a lot of different sites, their orders are going to be very complex. Their invoicing process is going to be very complex. Then your typical contractors, they are typically going to be ordering, hey, I'm at a site, I'm actually trying to order, can you get me this, you know, maybe tomorrow, because these guys are, you know, trying to build my time and I want to make sure that I'm kind to them. So the way your orders are going to be, are going to be very different. The way your uh, production processes are going to be very different. The way your planning processes are going to be different. So how do you manage these customer channels when you are looking at two different customer channels? One is going to be very, very, very B2B centric versus a little B2B because those are, those are not going to have as complex requirement, right? Right, right. So it all comes down with, with all that is to is to have your website have the functionality and the knowledge built in to deliver a, a customer experience on there so they know what they're getting. So having proper stock quantities, making sure it's the that product is available in that branch so that if, if a customer orders it, they know they're gonna get it the next day. Um, whether you know, say if there's a customer in in um, Connecticut and the product is available in, in only Buffalo, we need yeah. we need the customer to understand that that they're not gonna get it on one of our trucks that morning um, and, and have, would have to go through our uh, supply chain a little bit. So yeah, there's it's all that it's all building that website functionality and, and flexibility to uh, to give your customer exactly what they're uh, at a good experience so they, they know exactly what they're going to get when they're on the site and then getting used to using that process and, and finding value add in it. Um, 
is, is very important. And, and, and what also is very important is to get your, your organization to buy into that. Your sales associates are not viewed as a threat, but viewed as an opportunity as a value add that, um, that many companies do not have, um, in our space. Um, many do, but a lot don't. So, um, trying to build that for the future and, and get our, our associates to buy in to using, to using the website as a value added tool uh, over a threat is a, is a, is a hurdle that we are working through and, um, and getting more adoption, not only from our customer, but our only our, also our own associates is, is critical uh, going forward if, for us to be more successful. Okay, very interesting. So I am going to tell you, uh, you know, some of the scenarios that we typically see in our customer base. And I don't know how big you guys are overall from the revenue perspective, from the employee size perspective. Maybe you want to provide a little bit, um, you know, picture there so that people have the appropriate context, you know, how big is the company. In our case, when we deal with uh, other SME uh, distributor manufacturers, let's say if you are talking about $50 million or more. Uh, companies, then their e-commerce is typically not going to be connected with their ERP. And as you know, when you are serving these orders, when you say that, you know what, I have a, a product, let's say in Connecticut, I may not have in Buffalo or vice versa. So you need the accurate reflection of your inventory as you are producing, as you are transferring this to appropriate locations as they are consuming, when they are going to book the sales order, when they are procuring the inventory from the uh, procurement, this all needs to be aligned. And that is not going to be aligned unless your systems are talking to each other. So in your case, the way your systems are structured, are they talking to each other? Are they not talking to each other? How do you structure your inventory? Yeah, so this is uh, very complex, takes a lot of planning um, and a lot of execution. We've, uh, we're fortunate to have a good a good team here at Haynes that has built a lot of processes to to make this all work and, and be a, a real growth driver in the future. Yes, our ERP is is uh, tied into our website, so we have live availabilities. Um, we have the ability, um, even with the, you know our ta- our tax software, to be integrated with with the website for tax you know tax exempt orders. That also helps with you know credit, so that you have credit um, for customers that may be on net thirty or or, or net fifteen, however they're set up. Um, also, the ability to um, the ability to give a customer uh, the ability to to look at past invoices and, and past um, past orders and, and all those types of, of value-added um, functions of a website. Because as we all know, as um, as the 30-somethings or 20 to 30-somethings get older, they're going to want to interact and work as they do at home when they're buying for themselves or for their family or friends. They, they would like to just, okay, I, I, I know I deal with Hanes. I know they give me good service. I'd love to just go on there, place the orders, not have a whole lot of stress, not really have to pick up the phone unless there's a, a, a real question about an item that, that I can't find on the product detail page. So we continue to, to invest in different softwares, different data, different um, teams to, to build to build those uh, experiences out. And it has, uh, we've been very fortunate to, to have a good team here that's built uh, to put us in a position where we can grow Okay, very interesting. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we typically face in our customer base when they have, let's say, the e-commerce site, and I don't know if your e-commerce site is custom developed by your own team or if you are utilizing any sort of platforms that are available off the shelf in the market, and the same goes for ERP as well. I don't know which ERP you have. Is it going to be your custom developed or you are utilizing some of the standard packages uh, from, from the market? But one of the challenges that we typically face, especially if 
if your ERP is going to be on cloud, I don't know if you're on cloud or you are maintaining internally. Typically, the ERP and e-commerce, when they are talking, there is going to be a situation that ERP goes down for a certain number of hours. Now, I don't know if your e-commerce also goes down for a certain number of hours because you still need to maintain, you need to do patching, you need to do upgrade. So that is the challenge that a lot of customers are facing at this point of time because ERP systems, especially in the cloud world, they are not there yet to be able to provide that 24-7. In the traditional world, if you go back, let's say the enterprise customers, Typically, they have to have a bunch of servers, and then they will actually route the traffic. Okay, if this goes down, then the traffic goes here. I'm actually going to upgrade this, and then finally, I will be upgrading each of them in sequence. So, you know, one of the servers, in the meantime, till this one is getting upgraded, you know, this one is going to be alive, but maybe on the old version, it's not going to be the new version. So that's how they had handled this problem traditionally. Are you guys experiencing this you, uh, this problem in your uh, business right now? How have you handled, I don't know, if you are 24 cross 7 or you have made the process change that, you know what, my business is going to be down for Friday evening because nobody really purchases us uh, because we are a different business. So how do you handle this scenario? Yeah, so, um, yeah, Haynes, we're on uh, SX Enterprise, which is an Infor product, um, which is a very good product for us because it, it handles our complexity of being a manufacturer and distributor. And we are using Magento for um, for both of our websites. We have a B2C um, website as well that does that does you know the marketplace selling and other um, other selling on its own website. But um, yeah, in terms of the the ERP uh, and when it goes down or when there's any kind of um, issue um, with that, yeah, it it does take our website down at this time and it gives us problems where you know orders won't be coming through, etc. So that we're we're fighting through that, trying to figure out how we're going to alleviate that issue. But yeah, right, as of right now, yeah, we don't have a great answer for that other than other than ho- the, the orders being backfilled when um, when it goes down and, and being written up uh, manually sometimes if there's a where things are getting um, then kind of like uh, what happened yesterday with uh, AWS and uh, all the issues that that caused um, yeah. with so many different platforms. So we're we're kind of behold beholden to um, to the ERP staying up to keep all the systems in place. At, at, at this time, but we are we are moving to the cloud, and um, we're moving to the cloud, and hopefully the next year, and uh, that'll help uh, that'll help a lot of things uh, keep us keep us up more regularly and, and have a little less risk. Yeah, so technology is definitely fun. You are going to have a lot of newer challenges. Obviously, it's going to help with a great degree in terms of tracking and providing you the information and data that you really need to make those business decisions that are going to be aligned with your customer preferences. But now you are going to have different challenges. So now on your comment about the SX product that you have, uh, SXE product that you have mentioned from Infor, obviously that's a very distribution-centric product. And initially when I had asked, okay, what is the segmentation of your business, manufacturing versus distribution? So it seems like you would be more distribution, less manufacturing. The SX product that it's really designed for the very light manufacturing. So I don't know how complex your products are from the manufacturing perspective. I don't know if you are able to talk a little bit about you know how uh, complex your manufacturing is. Have you found any sort of shortcomings when you are dealing with the manufactured orders? Because these are your custom orders that your customers are ordering. So I'm pretty sure this might be a little complex overall from the manufacturing perspective. So have you found any sort of limitations that you cannot handle with the distribution product? We haven't found anything that's, that we cannot do. That's why it's such, it's a, such a great product for us. But it is definitely a little bit uh, of cumbersome where when we have to write up a, a custom sling and it has you know such length and such components 
that you need to, it's a little bit of a manual process that, but, but it, it, it's to be, a, to be a distributor like we are mostly, and it is, it's about 80 20 distribution to manufacturing. Okay. So, but, but a key, a key part of our business is that, uh, is that manufacturing and it's a, it's a, it's a leader for us to get, uh, to get open up new doors and our, and actually our specialty and what the business was founded on. But yeah, the, on the ERP side, it, it's, it was the best solution we could find that could handle both efficiently and, um, and keep our business processes forward. Um, we've been very fortunate to, uh, to have this, to have SX to do a lot of different things from, the reporting side is much better. The the um, the ability to to do a lot of more things. Um, um, it, it, it less pa- a lot of less paperwork. A lot a lot of there's a lot of different um, variables that that went into that decision. Uh, but the biggest ones were we're able to grow for going forward and keep our manufacturing processes intact and and mostly the way we were doing things in the past so that there wasn't too much business disruption. Uh, we, we pride ourselves when we, when we transformed from the fast product, um, had very little to no business disruption. You hear the horror stories of ERP uh, implementations and yep. changes going to SAP or whatever, where, where companies go down. And we've had many vendors that, that do that trans, that, that, that uh, change and, and we can't order product for them for a couple months. Um, we did not want that to be uh, a story, a story for us. Um, and we uh, we were fortunate to to pull it off successfully. Some some weekends were had, but our associates bought into the change. Some didn't like it as as usual with any major change yep. going in a business. Yeah, uh, but that's just that's just the nature of it. And uh, yeah, we really we really had a successful implementation, and now it's put us in a position where I could even talk about the things that uh, we're talking about today with with the B two B website and some of the B two C um, ecom things we've done, and a lot of the other digital strategies and automations bots, et cetera, that we've put into the business that could not could not have happened on our legacy ERP. That's very interesting. So obviously, I would love to know a little bit more about, you know, what you guys are working on with respect to the newer technologies. And one of the things that I really want to touch on is going to be that the adoption of the ERP versus e-commerce and the process boundaries. I think that's where most of the customers that we work with struggle. So we see two situations. When you look at e-commerce, when you look at ERP, obviously there is going to be a lot of overlapping functionality that, okay, uh, whatever e-commerce can do, probably ERP can do, and there's going to be a little bit of decision-making involved. Okay, where to, uh, to do what? For example, let's say I'll give you an example of the pricing. So a lot of customers, the way they handle pricing is they are going to keep everything in ERP because each of the channels that you are serving, you need centralized pricing so that you don't have channel conflict. Now, you know, some customers, what they do is, you know what, I don't like to deal with ERP because I'm a marketer, okay? ERP is just too complex for me. I get into my accounting knowledge that I don't care for. As a marketer, I am looking for very simple interface. Give me a website, give me a very simple interface of the pricing. When you keep this pricing, let's say in your e-commerce, the challenge that you are going to run into is you are going to be limited to only those channels that are served by your e-commerce platform. Your ERP is going to have very different channels. When you are dealing with these wholesale customers, these orders are probably going to come directly to your, your ERP. So you are going to lose the insight into your centralized pricing and discount. So in your case, how have you guys handled this? Are you keeping all of your pricing discount inside your ERP? Is this information sitting in e-commerce as well? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. 
So what we've done is, and again, thanks to our to our ERP and our team that's implemented it, we are using a pricing software based. It does customer segmentation and also the volume of the customer. It creates a a nice uh, matrix for us yeah. um, that is in the ERP, and that that ERP that ERP matrix pricing is what's pushed to the website when a customer logs in in a B two B sense, and that that's critical. So they get so they can start to get consistent pricing whether they visit our website, call us, uh, chat function us on, on the website. Yeah. Um, however, however, they're communicating with our associates because we want it to be um, very consistent across the, um, our branches and, and our digital offerings. So, but when you're not logged into the, the HaneSupply.com site, we are going to show just a basic kind of B2C price, but a high, B, but a high B2C price. We don't want anybody to log in and happen to see a lower um, price than what they they bought. If a customer logged in and saw a a higher price than when they when they did not log in or when they called, uh, you know that would be that would be a very negative uh, customer experience for for our customer. And um, so that's that's how that's how we're handling that. Um, and with our B 2 C site, which does the marketplace selling and also the, uh, has its own website, that is that price is driven from. From actually the marketplace itself, from Amazon itself, mostly is how we derive the price from repricing strategies on the platform. We'll kind of mirror that price from Amazon to our B two C site, which is which is uh, actually per Amazon's policies as well, but to keep it consistent uh, again across B our B two C platform. So yeah, we want to be about consistency and um, and functionality to our customers when it comes to digital, just like we are when. We- deal with them uh, in a brick and mortar or offline scenario. Okay, very interesting. So since you mentioned the the pricing software, and I don't know if this is going to be a separate software from your ERP. I don't know if this is uh, like a, you know, add-on that you have on top of your ERP that is feeding the customer segmentation and the pricing, or is it part of your your ERP platform itself? Do you want to talk about that? It, it is It is not part of our ERP. Our ERP offering, we we added on added on with it. Um, there are multiple options out there. You just have to figure out what's the best one for your company. Yeah. Now you're always going to have. It's not just going to magically know. Uh, this is a mechanical contractor. This is an electrical. This is a, a plumbing. So it's not going to know exactly exactly you know out of the box. It's not going to figure out um, exactly what to do. But you're going to have to have some manual segmentation and, and making sure you're putting exceptions in and have you know, the contract based pricing. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you might say you're doing a bid and, and you can't always have that matrix pricing uh, do everything, but mostly, yeah. So it, it, to answer your question, it, it's no, we did not, it was, did not come straight from the ERP, but it was an add-on that is, that is absolutely crucial if you're going to have B2B business on, on your, on your website. Okay, amazing. So since you mentioned the the Amazon and Amazon uh, could be slightly trickier to manage for most businesses. And when we work with our customers, obviously it's very challenging for them. And I don't know how complex your channel is. Some channels could be extremely complex. So one of the challenges that we are discovering with our customers, for example, let's say in your case, you are selling through your distributors, your contractors, and then you have your DTC strategy and you are selling through Amazon as well. Now, in case of a customer that we are dealing with right now, in their case, they are selling through distributors. They are also selling through some of the your associations. Now, those associations could have a lot of members that are part of that association, right? So they don't really have any sort of 
product-specific tracking, so they cannot really track who is buying which product. Now, what you are going to get into is going to be a real channel conflict, especially on Amazon. So on Amazon, your pricing is not really controlled by you. It's controlled by Amazon. But what these guys are going to do is you have these contractors, distributors. I don't know if you have this problem, but they are going to sell the same SKU, the same product on Amazon through their account. So have you noticed similar trends in your company? If you have, how have you handled this situation uh, to avoid channel conflict? Because you don't want to piss off your your distributors, but you know at the same time you want to attack the DTC strategy as well. So yeah, this is this is a real um, this is a real hot button button topic for for many companies. Whether you're a distributor, a manufacturer, a wholesaler, Amazon, you have to handle it uh, one way or another. For us, we since we we have a team that um, when it comes to just Amazon, we have a team that's 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 helping um, that's selling on on the platform, and we are distributing for over a hundred uh, manufacturers now on, on the marketplace, on Amazon itself. Now you have some companies um, that don't want you on the platform at all. Okay. Um, some, some of the vendors that we distribute for, they don't want, they don't want you on there at all. They, even though you're a value added distributor, but they don't want you there either. Yeah. Because they're selling themselves or they're selling direct to Amazon and they don't want that channel conflict. Our view of it all is that uh, since we're an actual value added distributor, um, that has, you know, repair departments, war- you have no problems with warranties if you buy something on, on Amazon that you'll be able to. Uh, so so we, we, we try to promote ourselves as let us take care of this Amazon problem for, for the manufacturer and we'll, we'll handle it since we can do it. We'll always honor the map, your map pr- uh, pricing. We'll handle, you know, the returns, all, all the issues that, that come with selling on Amazon. When the manufacturers try to do it themselves, it becomes, it becomes many, in many cases, difficult. Um, to do it themselves from a third-party stance. And then selling, if you're going to sell to Amazon directly as a vendor via 1P, you're going to have a difficult time having Amazon follow your your map pricing. And 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 that will result in, in your value dilution and having um, eventually whittling your product down to uh, – to, to, which hurts which hurts your distribution channels. Yeah. And um, – because anybody, anybody can walk into a store these days, as we know, and just pull up their phone and say, hey, look, Amazon has this for this. Why are you? Yeah. So it, it, for the vendor, you really got to figure out a strategy of how you're going to handle Amazon. Um, what we found most successful with the, ven- with the manufacturers and vendors we deal with is, is having a subset of distribu- distribution that really knows how to sell on the platform, yeah. letting them kind of handle it and th- letting them know that they're going to that they're going to be the ones who um, we're going to be the ones the distributor is going to be the one who's going to be able to set the map pricing and keep everything in line if you have enough experience selling on on the platform. So that that I mean I could go on for a long time about Amazon and some of the things we've done. But for ourselves, what we've done for our Hain Supply brand, which we are we are selling as well on on the marketplace. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. You just being able to build that content and then we would authorize a couple. If there was a couple other distributors that needed a sling, a sling manufacturer to distribute a product to their end users, we would, you know, allow only those who really could, could make it, uh, could, could do it uh, in a professional way on the platform. Because as we know, more people start their product searches on Amazon now than Google. And it's, that's probably only going to grow in the next few years. So, uh, it's an important, important topic that everybody, every company <laughs> in, in the, and, and, Basically, whether you're yeah in any distribution, manufacturing, anything, wholesaling, you need to have a look at how you're being presented on Amazon or how you're dealing with the channel. 
very interesting very very interesting so uh, you know one of the things that you mentioned is the this whole uh, you know field service component and that is going to be unique to your business that a uh, lot of other manufacturing and distribution companies are not going to have so in your case let's say if a contractor is working on a specific site then there is going to be a process that needs to happen at the site itself which could be let's say if you are providing any sort of service you mentioned warranty that warranty is a big part so i don't know how you are handling the the warranties that are going to be part of your product uh, you know whether they are uh, handled as part of your e-commerce platform erp platform because there could be a little bit of overlap so do you have the field service component that is going to have a, some sort of service order there's going to be a little bit of inventory that is going to be required and then there is going to be some sort of labor so you are going to get order from the contractor so i don't know if you have that how how are you guys handling that uh, specific Piece. Um, so yeah, if we have any uh, warranty issue or, um, and if it comes from, whether it comes from our e-commerce offerings or yeah. it comes from our, our B2B on, on, on Hainspot.com or somebody calling up, it all goes through the same system through our ERP, which, which is great. It is all connected and we're able to do that. Uh, and then same thing with repair. We can have all that traced and, and handled. It does become complicated when you're dealing with, with, uh, with a marketplace because you have to handle all that. A, a, it's a that's not quite as connected when it comes to, to the marketplaces because to have a warranty claim and all that you kind of have to do a little messaging a lot of messaging back and forth through through Amazon's platform to, to make sure that that product does get replaced or does get repaired or or there is a, a specific question or a need for uh, a product expert to talk about about the product that was ordered on a marketplace like Amazon. So yeah, it, it's a very, it's uh, a little bit complex there, but most of, for, luckily for us, we 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 saw the what was coming and we kept it we kept it um, all under the ER, ERP. Very interesting. So when you look at this, uh, you know, the transactions from Amazon, my understanding of those transactions are going to be pure play distribution, and they are not going to be your job order and custom order. Are you able to get the job and custom orders from Amazon as well? No, we don't have. So we're able to do the standard lengths. I mean, but we're not able to do anything very, very custom at this point. Amazon Business is building out custom quote requests. Uh, it's a new feature actually uh, for them that will that a customer will be able to go in and, and, and kind of do a little bit more, a little bit more with a, with a third party seller. But uh, no, we're not able to do. Uh, um, and the, the tools have gotten better on Amazon when you're shopping to do a little bit more custom things. But for the most part, it's 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 by it's a purchase skew and we fill skew. So it hasn't it hasn't fully gotten there yet, um, like it would uh, like it would on uh, over a phone call or on our um, on our own site. Yeah. So very interesting. So uh, even if they let's say uh, introduce something like custom code, my understanding of their custom code is probably going to be they are probably going to have a bunch of text field, put your description, and then I'm going to get back to you with the code. I mean, that's not a real customer experience when you look at, you know, some of the custom code functionality that today's customers are expecting. So I don't know if you have any sort of configurator that you have built uh, on top of your website that can allow them to get a little bit of feeling before they talk to somebody so that, you know, they are not investing as much time in back and forth when they are dialing salespeople. So uh, do you have any sort of configurator functionality as part of your custom codes as well or? or not right now where we are looking at a couple options right now um, so that uh, I would uh, my goal is going forward that any type of custom product that we make or have ever made in the past is uh, is available to be purchased uh, online um, some uh, you know, uh, uh, 
a map, uh, basically a, a, an app, essentially built in the website. And yeah. we've talked to a couple that are, are, are pretty interesting. So we're, we're working on that. But as of right now, if somebody's looking for some custom and they're dealing with us digitally, they're, um, they're either talking to us through chat or they're going to, they're going to call us. They're not going to, they're not even going to try on the, um, on the interface on, on the commerce sites as of right now. So yeah, that's, that's to be, to be determined. Okay, amazing. So what are some of the things that you are really excited about when, when it comes to e-commerce? How do you see e-commerce or the digital commerce going forward, especially in the industry uh, as traditional as you? I don't know how many of your competitors really have the capabilities that you have today, but what are you excited about and where you are putting your money on right now? Yeah, our money is definitely to continue to build on the e-commerce functionality um, to give a great customer experience and a consistent customer experience throughout our branches and throughout, um, hopefully as a growth lever, be able to, to expand and offer that value of, hey, hey, customer XYZ contractor, you can come right on our site, you'll see exactly what we have in stock, and you'll be able to pick option A, truck delivered tomorrow morning, kind of like a, an Amazon uh, Prime one day solution. But also not just um, not just a, a machine. Also, a, a customer uh, will have uh, an outside sales rep support you, and, and a customer service team that can actually support you um, over just a point, just a pure point and click scenario. So that is that is what we are continually investing in as we see the tides continue to change over the next few years. All right, amazing, Billy. So that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing thoughts or remarks for our listeners? No, I just uh, appreciate you having me on, Sam. I, I think uh, if anybody has any questions about uh, our our process or what we went through and how how long it's taken, um, the associates needed, the softwares that we've used in the past, I'd be happy to uh, to to have a conversation with with anybody about it and need to expand um, my network because I certainly have questions as well about um, about what other companies are doing because it's a it's a complex time in, in e-commerce and uh, definitely a growing time. Yeah, and everybody is going to have those questions. I don't think we are going to be done with our questions anytime soon. On that note, my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be, if you are in a traditional industry such as you know construction distribution, obviously e-commerce is there to stay. Yes, the initial friction could be uh, slightly higher just because you may not have as much digital experience, but that's where you are going to get real insight into the customer experience. And then you will find tons of opportunities to be able to improve the customer experience. So don't ignore e-commerce or digital costs. On that note, Billy, I really want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode. Thank you very much, Sam. Everybody have a good one. Thank you. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Billy, head over to hainessupply.com. It's H-A-N-E-S-S-U-P-P-L-Y.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Ken Novak, who shares his insights on enabling self-funded operational plans for industrial manufacturers' digital journey. Also, the interview with Michael Vox, who shares his insights on the marketplace business model and the challenges associated with launching it. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform 
or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.